Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Welcome to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast, where you'll get tips, tools, and training for new and aspiring copywriters, plus a few things even the established pros will want to know. My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 15 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. The Filthy Rich Writer team and I are here to teach you everything we've learned in our years in the industry so that you can craft a successful copywriting career of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there. Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast. Hey, Kate. Hello, hello. Hello. Uh, Today, we're going to go through another very important topic, um, but one that might not occur to you if you're just beginning your copywriting career, and that is the topic of feedback on your projects from your clients. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, even if you aren't just beginning your career, feedback can be very shocking if you've depending on the career you've had. That's true. That's a really good point because not only do you want feedback from your clients, but as our students uh, see in our student-only Facebook group, you want to post your practice there to get feedback Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Copywriting, as opposed to um, some other kinds of writing, is a very collaborative field. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not writing your copyrighted, you're not writing your copy in a, in a tunnel, a funnel, a bubble, a bubble, a vacuum. (laughs) <laughs> any of those, you're not doing it in any of those things any quite frankly any of, of the above <laughs> um, you're going to be working with your designer potentially you're going to be getting input from your client initially mm-hmm. and then very likely feedback on a project afterwards you know mm-hmm. your client you can ask the best questions in the input and ask questions as you go but your client is going to have things in your head in their heads knowledge experience that you might not even know enough to ask about and mm-hmm. sometimes that's going to come out after you've written the first draft of the project so is feedback something that people should be scared of Kate never ever 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 <laughs> never 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 yeah so feedback is super valuable and you know when you're first starting out the value of it is how else are you going to know if what you're writing is good and if it's on the right track and if you're hitting benefits and if you're, you know, focused too much on features or if there's opportunity to be more concise, you know, it's very easy as we all know to look at our work, even if we sleep on it, come back, look at it again with fresh eyes, edit it 
we still are so close to it at a certain point that we're not seeing everything that there is to see there. And we're only coming at it with our one perspective. So as soon as you put it, you know, for folks in the CCA, putting it into the the Facebook group, the student only Facebook group for feedback, you're going to get a ton of valuable feedback to say, oh, maybe if you did this, or if, you know, maybe your call to action isn't as clear and maybe you forgot to put one in or, you know, lots of things, especially when you're first starting out that will help you learn and it will help you improve writing copy. You know, I feel like we always say like at least 50% of writing is editing. Um, and if not, probably, probably a lot more, I would say, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can take a look at how long it takes you to do your first draft versus, you know, I've started to skew. I think people get writer's block on their first draft because they're like, oh, I want it to be good. And like, oh, I can't think of the best headline. Get it out. You know, spend like half as much time on your first draft as you do. And by first draft, I mean internal, nothing you're going to send to the client, you know first draft of a client is maybe like draft number five for you or whatever it ends up being, Mm -hmm. but get it out, sleep on it, come back and then start refining and refining, refining. And it's much easier. And I think more valuable to put more of your time there in that refinement process than upfront trying to kill yourself, getting the perfect headline right out the gate. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, again, getting feedback from other people though, can help you see those things that even a good night's sleep can't, can't help you see. Do be careful though about who you get that feedback from. Mm. You know, if you don't, if you aren't in a community with other copywriters, other people who know what you're trying to accomplish, who say, Hey, let me see your creative brief. What are the the elements that you're trying to get in here? You know, you may not get feedback that's actually relevant to that piece that will make it stronger. You know, when we're proud of something, sometimes we want to show it to, or when we're working on something, you know, we want to show it to our, our significant others or our friends or that kind of thing. But if they don't know how copywriting is supposed to work and they don't know what you're trying to accomplish, they might be able to say like, Ooh, I like this. Oh, I don't like this. But might not, even if they're the target audience, they might not be able to tell you what they don't like, why they don't like it. And certainly can't give you ideas for how to, or at least potentially can't give you ideas for, for how to make it better. Mm-hmm. So just be really careful about um, asking for feedback from people who aren't, uh, from people who aren't qualified yeah. to give you feedback. It's a great point too. I would be very wary of anything that is very much blanketed. Oh, I love this and nothing else, or, oh, I hate this, and nothing else. Mm -hmm. Always looking for, well, why? And, you know, the explanation behind something, or, oh, I just think this could sound better. Okay, digging into why that is. So you really understand, you know, is that valid feedback? Does it make sense for the brief? You know the project more than perhaps anyone else. So, you know, taking especially the, oh, I love it. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, as as humans, we, especially when we're starting a new venture and we're maybe a little unsure of ourselves, we really crave people saying, yeah, this is really good. You've done it. Fantastic. But the thing is, is that when you're trying to learn, when you're trying to build your skills, it's not actually all that valuable to just have people blankets, make blanket statements like, oh, I like this. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or this is this. Oh, wow. This line is clever. And because maybe the project doesn't call for being clever as, as mm-hmm. frankly, many, many of them don't. Um, and, you know, it, it, I like this. It's, it's nice and that might make us feel good. But if we haven't hit off on the key points in the brief, if we haven't in the creative brief, if we haven't been um, focused on writing effective copy, it's actually to get feedback that I like this is actually unhelpful 
because then we don't improve the copy that we've written and we end up, um, even if it's just for practice or if it's for a client, we end up passing through copy that's not as good as it should be. Mm-hmm. So that's copy for, uh, feed, feed, copy feedback from uh, while you're practicing, from potentially from other copywriters or the copywriting students, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what about copy? F- uh, what about copy feedback from clients? You've done the work. To your point, Kate, you have you've gone through the edits. You've written your. I think it was Annie Lamott who says, "Write um, S word shizzy first drafts." Mm-hmm. Um, so, but then you take the time to edit it. You polish mm-hmm. it. You get it to a really good place, and you turn it into the client. What about feedback from the clients? Yeah, I think everyone, and I say everyone because it's everyone, we all need to shift our mindset from when we send off that draft because then this fear creeps in of, oh my God, now the waiting period and what if they hate it? What if they don't like it? And what if I have to start over? And what if I cross those bridges when you have to, if they really hate the whole thing? Okay, then that's going to be, again, you know, keep moving forward, keep where there's nowhere else to go but forward at that point. And so once you send it off as much as possible saying, okay, I did that. That was awesome. I I put my best foot forward onto the next thing and not focusing on that until you need to focus on that project again. Once that project's out the door, it is out the door and out of your brain as much as possible. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to focus on other client projects or your own business that you need to grow and all the tasks that you need to work on. You're going to let that take up way too much space. That, oh my gosh, what if they completely hate it, is one of those like erroneous fears. If you did the work, the, the outset, if you did the work and the input call, the kickoff call, mm-hmm. and you asked good questions, you really dug into the project and you really, really understand and you and your client are on the same page, the chance chances that they are going to absolutely hate it, that you are going to be completely off the mark are so incredibly slim because at the outset, you and your client got on the same page about what the project entails, what the messaging is going to be, who the target audience is, what the, what the tone is going to be already having all of those building blocks in place. You're already half of the way there. Mm -hmm. So that, that, Oh, and don't get me wrong with new clients. We all feel like, Oh my God, what if I, what if, what if I, you know, but, but just to be clear, that's one of those crazy resistance thoughts that comes yep. up. It's well, not a valid thought. And the fear. worst case scenario is that they come back and it doesn't match up with the creative brief, what they want now. It's a change of scope. And at that point, that's when you sit them down and say, okay, here's what we went over together. And you, you and I talked about this and here's what I delivered and how it meets this brief. What you're saying now is you want an about page and we talked about a homepage or what, you know, and then you can have that discussion of what needs to then happen to move forward. But that's Mm -hmm. rare. And, you know, again, if you've, you've had probably multiple calls at this point with your client and so chances are so, 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 so Mm -hmm. slim. So once you do get feedback though, you know, the best we always say, especially if it's a client you've never worked with before, you've never, you know, the first time you're working with them, And even if it's not, if it's a bigger project with a client you've worked with before, to get on a call, get on a Zoom call so you can see each other. You can have hand gestures. You know, I love, (laughs) I talk with my hands a lot. It's very important that clients kind of can see your your body language. Um, 
and I know there are a few students in the class who mentioned, you know, if you're working with folks who are maybe autistic and maybe body language isn't as an important a thing, you can obviously weigh that of whether a, a video call makes sense. Uh, you don't necessarily have to have the camera on, but the nice thing about a video call is you can share your screen. So you don't have to necessarily see each other on camera, but you can be talking and walk through your copy doc together, which is the most important piece of doing uh, the video call and having the, the screen sharing capability. Mm -hmm. reading that copy out loud and, you know, saying, Hey, you know, I, I'm going to run through the whole copy doc and we can chat afterwards. If you have any immediate uh, reactions, we can talk about it. But if not, then, you know, I'll give you some time with it. And if I could have edits by this date, you give your client mm -hmm. a deadline or, you know, feedback, I should say by this date. Um, Cause you don't want them to provide solutions. You don't want them to give you prescriptive edits. You, you know, you can actually, I give clients sometimes in the doc specific, you know, use track changes and, you know, use comment feature as much as possible and explain why something isn't working and lay it out what they need to do. Because now, you know, yes, you are providing the service to your client, but now they also need to provide you with something so that you can do your job well. And it is a two-way relationship. It's not just you reading their mind of them saying, I don't like this. That doesn't help you then make a change moving forward. You know, is mm -hmm. it the tone? Is it the actual content? Is it saying something completely, you know, uh, factually wrong? That's very different mm -hmm. than the, the tone being wrong. And so, you know, setting that that deadline saying, you know, to hit hit your deadline of this for me to turn around a V2, I need to have edits or feedback. Again, I keep calling that <laughs> feedback by this date. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I love that that concept of saying, if they come back to you, if they, you know, clients don't know how to be clients, so if they come back to you with, well, I just don't like this, saying to them, okay, it's, it's most helpful when you can explain to me why it isn't mm -hmm. working for you. And quite frankly, if they go through the doc, hey, point out anything you do like and why. I think that's just, we, we often focus too much on the, the quote unquote negative. None of it's negative. Mm -hmm. It's all helpful for getting to the best possible outcome, mm -hmm. but we focus on what needs to be changed versus what's actually already working well. And so if your client, a, it can make you feel a little bit better of like, Oh, okay. They actually liked these parts. They didn't comment on, which remember that if they don't comment that they like everything, they probably like everything that they didn't comment on. So it's a nice reminder to be like, Oh yeah. Like 85% of this they loved and like this other maybe 15% I just need some small changes yeah well and knowing what they like can also help you with future projects and yes. they say well I really like this because this you go okay note to self that's something for for the next time yeah yes. um well and I think you know every project you should go in expecting and uh and planning, building into your cost, yes. uh, at least a couple rounds of feedback. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that people are like, oh my God, two rounds of feedback or three rounds of feedback. I mean, really, you're going to take feedback until your client is happy, mm -hmm. um, which is why we do what we do. We don't do it to give them a half-baked half version of copy. Um, but again, when you do your job at the beginning and you do it, you get a really deep input call, really deep uh, kickoff call, and you, you really, really understand your project and you and your, your client are on the same page, you're not going to have 60 rounds of feedback. Mm -hmm. You will likely have two. Mm -hmm. um, so go into every project expecting to get feedback. Yes. Especially as you get faster and better where you're like, oh, I probably won't have any, I haven't had a client that's asked for revisions in years. You want to build in that time and keep that time because A, mm -hmm. you never know when you're going to need that revision time and B, you shouldn't penalize yourself for being good at what you do. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. It should absolutely be a fun surprise when a client mm-hmm. says, you nailed it. This is this is awesome exactly the way it is. That's fun and that is an opportunity to, to celebrate. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. However, you should not feel bad about yourself if mm-hmm. a client has feedback and you should also not expect to nail every single one of them. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's a little bit dangerous if you if you get if you start getting no feedback from clients. Yeah, it could be really shocking if after several months, several years, however long that you've been doing it, and then all of a sudden you get feedback and you haven't dealt with it in a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. That could come as like a Oh my God, I'm the world's worst copywriter. Am I bad? Is it, should I quit now? Is it, was everything else just a complete luck? And, and now, you know, or on the other hand, you could get defensive and think, well, this client doesn't know what they're talking about. What jerks? Like I'm never working with this client again because they gave me feedback. You know, you could have a very, a range of reactions. Quite frankly, you could move from a couple of those back and forth of mm-hmm. sadness and, you know, resistance, the feeling of, of, of uh, or imposter syndrome, you know, of, oh, I'm not actually as good as I thought I was mm-hmm. to that anger. It can be kind of a fluid, fluid, yeah. uh, fluid reaction. emotional journey. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. Well, and be careful too about the kinds of clients who you send them your copy and like 10 minutes later, they're like, oh my gosh, it's perfect. Great. Nailed it. On to the next thing. That can be a concern as well when they immediately like, done. And you think, okay, great, done. I'm on to the next thing. Because sometimes the clients who answer that quickly and are like, no, 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 it's totally perfect, haven't actually gone through it and and thought about it carefully. Mm -hmm. And those are the clients who later on, maybe even after you send an invoice, potentially even after you get paid, a client comes back and goes, ah, you know what? I looked through this and now that I'm thinking about it, issue, 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 Mm -hmm. then that's a problem because that's a, those are revisions to an original project. And especially if it's something you've already been paid for, you have to go back and do those. Unless he was saying it's out of the scope, you have to go back and make those revisions. So be real careful about the clients who who give you quick feedback. Don't be afraid to say, Hey, you know, um, take Take definitely take some time to think about it. Maybe even ask them questions about how did you feel about how I approached XYZ, that kind of thing, if they are a quick feedback kind of client. Yeah. And I think that brings up a lot of quick feedback clients I've noticed are folks who haven't learned how to give feedback. Giving feedback is a skill and it is hard because it's often uncomfortable for us to do it because we feel like, oh, we're going to tell them something's wrong or that I don't like something and that mm-hmm. that doesn't feel good. We don't want to tell them, you know, ooh. But as a copywriter, you want them to tell you that. You need them to tell you that. Because, Mm -hmm. again, we're always, whether we're just starting or we've been doing it for 10 years, there's still something to learn. There is always something to learn and gain from a project. And we're never, you know, expert, 100% accurate all the time, copywriter, knocking it out of the park. Mm -hmm. There's always something. So, knowing that it might be hard for them to give you that feedback, making sure you, they know that you are very much open to it and you're willing to to accept it and say, hey, I want to get this to the best possible place. So please let me know, you know, if there's anything you feel like is off with the tone or if there's any content we put in here that isn't accurate or doesn't, you know, represent your brand factually, isn't factually accurate. 
ask yeah. those questions and start to try to pull that out of them. Yeah. Yeah. And make it clear that this is a completely normal and natural part of the process mm-hmm. that they shouldn't feel bad for asking change. Like we say, we kind of, a lot of especially new copywriters go into it thinking like, Oh, why don't want my client to be mad at me? But your client's going, I don't really know how to do this. So mm-hmm. they need your help to be guided to be the best clients that they can be. And as we were saying earlier in the, the episode, you know, y- your client's just going to have things in their brain that they're not going to know to share with you. And you're not going to think to ask. It's just, it's how it is. And there's going to be elements of their expertise that will be useful for this piece, but they're not even going to think about until they've seen that first draft and they go, oh, God, you know what we should put in here is X, Y, Z. And again, because you don't have that expertise in what your client does, you don't have the knowledge to be able to ask about it. You can't read their minds. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, copywriting is, again, it's a collaborative process. So you are bringing in that first draft. Then your client is coming in and helping you refine it a little bit or offering a couple of points like, oh, here this. Then you take, you're doing the refining, really. Your, your client is coming in going oh maybe here 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 and then you take it back and you're you're polishing it you're refining it you're sanding it you know why i have it's definitely not how you would build a house but in my mind you're sanding it. Um, i was picturing a gemstone ooh, that you were polishing better. that's much a better. really like, big gemstone a really yeah. big gemstone um <laughs> the hope diamond the hope diamond uh maybe don't polish that too much um because you're trying to get off the the rough edges which i pretty sure they're against for the hope diamond but and then again same thing you know you take it back and you incorporate the feedback and you take it back to your to their client and it may be that at this point they're like yep you hit it you got they got in my feedback points and you hit it or it may be like ah that's so close but what you know maybe this element now that this is in here so expect expect and welcome feedback. Is it exciting when a client is like, you totally nailed it? Yes, it is. And you should definitely celebrate it. And that's awesome. However, it should not be your expectation. And actually really his little tough love. It should not even be your desire mm-hmm. that a client comes back and says, you completely nailed it. Because the best copywriting work is the work that is developed by working collaboratively with you and your client. Yeah, it's a partnership. Like, yes, they're paying you. And so there is some like hierarchical structure there. But remembering that you aren't just here it is, here it is. It's it's a partnership and you want to be a strategic partner for your client and working with them to get to that that best possible outcome. And I think, you know, just like it's hard for them to sometimes give feedback, it's hard for us to, to receive it if we're not used to it. So to Nikki's point, you should welcome it because this is a skill you want to build. You want to be really good at getting feedback so that you know how to engage with it without getting defensive or without getting you know upset or sad or angry or any of those emotions. You want to continually work with different clients who have different ways of giving feedback and different styles. So you can figure out Mm -hmm. what's the best, what do I need for my client now to get to the best possible outcome I need? And that's going to be a process. So when you're first starting out, especially don't get discouraged. And even as you go along a little bit, because clients have different ways of giving it, giving feedback and working with you and, and what they are looking for might be completely different than what a past client was looking for. They might push you on something I've had clients very recently, I remember one who I was like, oh, really? And then I thought about it. I was like, oh, you know what? They are pushing this to get to a better place. Yes, my word choices could be even stronger. Was it strong? Yes, but it came out and I was like, ooh, this is even better. And I needed that because I wasn't going to push myself on my, I mean, I did to a point, but I could only push myself so far. It's like when you're in the gym, you're going to push yourself so far, 
but to lift those really, really heavy weights, you're going to want a trainer because you want someone spotting you, first of all, mm-hmm. but, but you need someone else that has that, that different knowledge. Uh, I'm just picturing myself dropping under weights now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that same thing. You're birthing that copy. You need to like lift it up and you need mm-hmm. help sometimes to mm-hmm. get it there. Um, and that's, that's, that's not a, a mark on you by any means. It's just part of a collaborative process where things are so much better when more eyes and perspectives are involved to see areas that can be improved and be polished better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And savvier clients, clients who are more successful, maybe mm-hmm. have worked with other copywriters before or worked with, you know, other service providers understand that it's part of the process. You know, in our, our bonus interviews, um, which you can uh, submit a review of the podcast if you haven't yet, if you have, thank you. Uh, but if you haven't yet, uh, we'll put a link on the show page mm-hmm. um, so you can submit your your review, uh, screenshot it, and we'll get you this bonus interview. But I did bonus interview uh, several with um, really successful, you know, six, seven, eight-figure entrepreneurs. And I asked them and said, you know, what do you think when a copywriting project takes a couple of rounds of revision and every single one said, Oh no, I totally, I totally expect that. Mm-hmm. The, the savvier clients, you may have to educate the newer business owners or the newer, but the, the savvier clients, the, the more successful clients and the people, you know, the, the marketing directors, the creative directors, they know that it's part of the process. So you should accept and value it as part of the process as well. Absolutely. And the one thing I'll add to, we're very focused right now on a a specific feedback on a specific project, which is going to be the bulk of kind of the feedback you're getting when, when you're working with clients. The other thing I would recommend is, is if you're reaching out to your clients after a project is wrapped up, whether to follow up and be like, Hey, I want, just want to check in, see how it was doing. You know, if it was an email to get results and be like, how did it perform? Um, If you're asking for a testimonial, perhaps, Hey, I loved working with you. I know it's been a week or whatever since since we wrapped the project, but wanted to ask if there was any feedback you had for me and ask them pointed questions you're wondering about, not just about the copy at this point, because you already went through that process. How was the process of working these? Was there anything you felt could be improved? Was there anything you think I could do better? Ask for that feedback because clients aren't just going to give it to you. They might, if they really loved working with you, be like, oh yeah, I loved working with you. But generally, they're on to the next thing. You know, you know how it is. You're you're running your copywriting mm-hmm. business. There's a lot going on that it's not necessarily something you think to do to to mm-hmm. reach out to say, hey, I love that, or hey, here's here's some feedback I have for you. Again, again, it's so hard to give that feedback. It's uncomfortable. So unless someone is asked directly, you're not going to get it. And there's no way for you to know. You're going to wrap a project and be like, oh, they loved it. It was great. It was fine. And maybe you never hear from them again and you just assume, yep, it was great. It was fine. And maybe it was, hopefully it was, Mm -hmm. but maybe there was something that could have been done better. And maybe, yeah, Yeah. because I mean, I think we always talk about how repeat clients and and we talk about this more, not on this episode, but uh, repeat clients, it's so much easier because you already have, you have so much knowledge of the company and there's so much opportunity with a repeat client. So if you've been copywriting for several months several years and you've never had a repeat client there's that's that's i wouldn't say a red flag but it's pretty yellow orange pretty dark orange flag yeah Yeah. 
that you want to look into. You want to, you know, if you've had dozens of clients at a certain point, why haven't any of them, any of them come back? And so Mm -hmm. asking for this feedback, especially early on when you are still just figuring out your process and what works and what makes most sense for you, what's most helpful for your clients, get that feedback as soon as possible. So you can make those small changes. They might not even be major changes, but it might be things you didn't even notice of, you know, well, you, you sent over the copy via email and it was really hard for me to understand, or, you know, I felt a little lost at this part in the process or mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. And so you don't know what you don't know. So ask, ask for that feedback because you could go several months, several years without knowing that you're doing something slightly off that's preventing clients from working with you again. And it could be such an easy fix. Again, who knows? I think a lot of people assume, oh, it was my price or, oh, it was, you know, because I couldn't turn it around in 24 hours or, oh, it was because and mm-hmm. you can make up a lot of assumptions, mm-hmm. but this is an area we don't want to assume. Mm-hmm. What, or, oh, the client doesn't have budget for it. And that's why they didn't hire me again. Maybe that's what they're no. saying if they actually said it, but is that ask for that feedback so you yeah. know and that you're open to getting that feedback that's sometimes hard to get. Yeah, they, I, I've told this story before, um, but I'm going to tell it quickly again. Yeah. There was a, a, an entrepreneur who I worked with yeah. several years ago and we worked together regularly and it was great and I liked the work and, and she just kind of disappeared. And I let her disappear, you know, didn't hop back and say, Hey, you know what's going on? Cause I would just kind of sit back and she would send me work when she had work. So years later we ended up working together again. I think I had a reason to reach out to her or whatever. And she said, Oh, I've got some more projects. We started working together again. Um, and she said, I didn't even ask. So here's another, uh, to Kate's point about asking, um, she said, Hey, you know, I have, I have a little bit of feedback if you wouldn't mind. I said, no, 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 I absolutely would. And, and this goes back to the idea of assuming that it was, uh, that it was the price. What had happened was she had been pitched by another copywriter who had looked at her business and put together a comprehensive plan of a bunch of different things that she should be doing for her business. And I want to say it was at least a $7,000 project. And she got this from the, the copywriter and she assumed because I hadn't suggested anything like this to her that I wasn't able to do it. So she said, which I, of course I would have, but I was lazy and just let her hand me clients mm-hmm. or hand me projects. So it had nothing. It, it was, it was the opposite of, Oh, my my prices are too high. She took on a $7,000 client and or copywriter and stopped working with me because this copywriter pitched her and pitched her well. And I only found this out years later because we happened to get back together. Ask for, ask for feedback re-pitch your clients, be the kind of partner. Because that's the thing too, when you're asking for feedback, you're asking, how can I be a better partner to you? How can I make this process better for you? How can I serve you better? And that is, we come back to that again and again, because that is how we are, it's how we are best successful when we put our clients' needs, within reason of course, but when we put our our clients' needs and their businesses' needs uh, first and we stay focused on them. Yeah, your story reminds me of actually just a couple of days ago, I thought of a woman who I had done a project with seven years ago now. I went back in my email. I save a lot of things in my work folder in my email. Uh, and I was like, okay, here's here's my last communication with her. What Whatever happened to that? I was like, I remember we did a project and I liked it. I think it went well. 
the last communication was I was, I was doing a move granted that could be my excuse, but it's no excuse. I had, I had said something about moving and she said, Oh, get back in touch with me. I'd love to chat. You know, I had reached out and been like, Hey, are you willing to chat about just freelance in general? This was before I'd gone full-time freelance and you know, I'd love to pick your brain if you're willing and da, 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 da. And she was like, Oh yeah, absolutely. And I never, that was where the tail, that's where the trail, the, the email trail ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless there's something else I deleted, which I'm sure that sure there's not. So, you know, I'm actually going to email her today. Just be like, Hey, how are you? <laughs> not that I, I, I don't want or need work, but, uh, what a jerk, what a, what a jerk to have not, not followed through and followed up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, we have to stay in communication with, with our clients and, and get that feedback to Kate's point, not just on the project, but on the whole, the whole, the whole service. experience My and experience. any feedback that you get could be, could, could serve, not just serve them, but serve any and all future clients that you have and just make you a better service provider, able to, to work with more clients, get more repeat clients, get more referrals, command higher rates as you go. So take that feedback, take it gratefully and, and value that feedback. And if even just asking for it says a lot about who you are, I would love to work with someone who proactively said, Hey, what could I do better? Heck yeah, that's the type of person I want to work with again and again because I know that they're open to it. I know we can have good communication and a good relationship that can build because they're open to it. And so it, it's up to you to really choose whether whether you're open to it or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, choose whether you're going to be the kind of person that's like, project is over, run away, or mm-hmm. okay. It's the same thing, project is over, bank that money on to the next one. Exactly. And that's not how it should be. Because mm-hmm. to go back to that earlier story, if I had, because not only did I miss out on a potentially $7,000 project, but this, this woman is a, a business coach for other business owners who since then has, you know, since we've started working together again, has referred me to other clients of hers. Now, this was like five years ago. So a, a very conservative estimate is that I lost out on anywhere between $50,000 and $100,000 of work in that that from her and from referrals to her clients by not repitching being that best partner I could be and asking for feedback. Because if I had asked for feedback when I stopped hearing from her or checked in and said, Hey, just wanted to check in on the project. How, how is this, this partnership going for you? I would not have lost out on that because she said she liked working with me, but she assumed that because I hadn't followed up and I hadn't pitched this project that I wasn't able to do it when I absolutely would have. It's, it's feedback improves you as a copywriter and it, it improves your, your career and, you know, not to be, but it also improves your income. Win, 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 win. Win, win, win. A lot of wins all around. So many wins. Okay, so I hope that this has been persuasive enough uh, to get you to to welcome that feedback when it comes and ask for it when it doesn't come uh, because it will absolutely um, be of great value now and throughout your career. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us on the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute or two to leave us a five-star review. I read each one and they mean the world to me and our team. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to keep learning, follow us at Filthy Rich Writer across social media and on the site. And of course, if your interest is piqued and you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at www.freecopywritingtraining.com. Talk to you next time. Thank you.